0: Hello and welcome to In a Spiritual Sense, where we discuss all things spiritual. From growing your intuition, speaking with spirit guides, diving into past lives, the paranormal, and more, join me, Stacey Piagno, where we work to bridge the gap between science and spirit. Also, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, In a Spiritual Sense, where you can catch full-length videos of each episode. And if you hit that subscribe button, it helps support the channel and you'll be notified of new content as it posts. Hello and welcome back to another episode of In a Spiritual Sense. I'm your host, Stacey Piagno, and today we are starting with part two of Talking Tarot. Now, last week we dove into the history of tarot, how it got started, and we talked about some misconceptions that often steer people away from using tarot. Along with this, we also spend a lot of time going through the major arcana cards and breaking those down, which again, are the 22 cards that carry specific archetypal energies of one's spiritual progression. And as I mentioned last week, for those who are learning to understand tarot, connecting with those 22 major arcana cards is going to be a great place to start. Now, once one understands the progression of these cards, we can then introduce the minor arcana cards, which is going to be today's topic. And as we're going to get into, the minor arcana cards hold a slightly different energy and are more so associated with the day-to-day mundane tasks as opposed to long-term paths. So today we're going to break down the remaining 56 cards known as the minor arcana. And I think I mentioned last week that something I find very valuable is that the use of tarot can help one become more intuitive. I remember hearing that mentioned one time by another tarot reader and I thought, wow, that's really a great way to put it because with tarot representing the different energies of life, using them really does do justice to setting a good foundation for understanding the science and mysticism of life. And when one starts to see how all of these energies work together, what an engaging space life becomes and learning the energy of tarot allows for just that. Now, in order to understand how these cards are broken down, you're first going to need to understand the four elements of nature, earth, air, water, and fire, because each of these elements are represented within one of the suits of the minor arcana cards. So similar to having playing cards that have the four suits, diamonds, spades, hearts, and clubs, the minor arcana of tarot have suits that stem from nature's energy, because again, tarot cards are used to read energy. And within each suit are then cards numbered ace through 10 with an additional page, knight, queen, and king. And again, this somewhat matches the playing cards, the only difference being that tarot cards has a page. And although they are slightly different, I have heard of some people who can use playing cards to read tarot, which is pretty cool. But to start us off, I really first want to break down the meaning of each elemental suit and then get into some deeper layers of meaning with the numbers and the court cards and such. So let's start with the elements of nature. We have earth, fire, air, and water. And the importance of understanding these energies will one, allow us to understand a little bit more about life, but also it's going to help us understand what each suit means, thus helping us distinguish where we may have blockages or where we may be needing guidance. So starting with the element of earth, we have all that represents the physical world, It is tied to the zodiac signs, Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn, which are all very practical and methodical. And when working in tarot, It is the pentacle that is going to represent these suits. And the pentacle is basically a really old school name for a coin. And when pulling a pentacle card, the energy that is present would most likely be something tied to the physical world or the physical body. So, some topics that may be relevant are things such as your health or your career, maybe people or relationships could have to do with your house or your vehicle or money. Also, pentacle cards can represent things like stability or security or abundance. I like to explain it as anything that is external from your mind, heart, and soul. Moving on to the element of air, which is a very masculine energy, is used to represent your logic and reason. Air is linked to the zodiac signs Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius, which are very much associated with intellect and communication. And in tarot, It is the swords that represent this element. So anything that falls under intellect, knowledge, or communicating is going to present itself here. Next, we have the element of fire, which is passion and all that feeds our spirit. This element is connected to the zodiac signs, Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, and it represents action and power, strength and courage. It's what motivates us, bringing us willpower, or it can cause lust and destruction. It's basically anything that does. So it drives us to create and transform. And in tarot, it is the wand that is used to represent this energy. As fire also represents the sun, this energy also brings us into our alignment and brings us life. It's everything that's conscious, giving energy to our environment. Lastly, that closest to my heart is the element of water, which is going to be represented with cups. Opposite of the sun, it is the water that brings us deep into the subconscious because it holds a lot of that lunar energy. It's linked to the zodiac signs Pisces, Cancer, and Scorpio, and it's a very intuitive energy and it's deeply rooted in our emotions and it brings about healing, psychic abilities, and deep feelings. So as an overview, we have earth, which is represented by the pentacle, and that represents everything that is physical. We have air, which is represented with the sword, linking us to the mental. We have fire, which is represented with the wand that links us to our spiritual. And we have water, which is represented by the cups, linking us to our emotions. So within these four energetic suits, we have ace through 10 number cards, along with the court cards. So we're first going to start with the numbers. And this is where numerology has a bit of inspiration. And for those of you who are unaware of what numerology is, it's basically at its most simplest form, the study of numbers. However, not the way you typically think of numbers. You see, numerology studies each number as an energetic blueprint, if you will. Because in numerology, all numbers hold a sacred energy. And it is this sacred energy that creates a basic framework for the entire universe. There's a quote by Carl Jung that says, the very numbers you use in counting are more than you take them for. They are at the same time mythological entities. For the Pythagoreans, they were even divine. But you are certainly unaware of this when you use numbers for a practical purpose. And seriously, when you get into it, it reminds me of when you see a computer programmer coding systems on a computer, but then take that and use it as a metaphor for life itself. Except in reality, it's not really a metaphor because it's kind of how numbers are energetically put together to either create or break down everything in this world. It's like the equivalent of breaking things down into atoms, except it's a different lens we're looking through with numbers. But we're not going to get too deep into that today because that deserves an episode on its own. We will, however, skim the surface, um, touching on a few basic themes of each number. And as we get into it, you're going to start to see how we can piece together the layers of these four energies with the meaning of the number to then help us find information and pinpoint where we're needing guidance. And something I want to say that I've noticed when reading tarot is that the description in numerology does somewhat inspire the number meanings in tarot. However, I do see variations between the meanings in numerology and the meanings in tarot. And what I sense is that tarot follows more of a numeric progression, whereas numerology doesn't necessarily do that. Meaning cards one through 10 follow some sort of path, and then that path is repeated within each suit. So if anyone listening is really passionate about numerology, I do think there is a slight variation when describing the numbers that are used in tarot. So I just wanted to throw that out there real quick. So as we get into it, I'm going to start with the ace cards. And again, for those of you who like to see visuals, come on over here to YouTube and I'm gonna be pulling the cards for you again. But here I've got one of each ace card. And the aces are all about new beginnings. And when used in tarot, you can think of it as What is needed as motivation to maybe start something new? So for example, this is where the suits are going to come into play. Let's say you have the Ace of Cups, and again, be aware that cups represents water, which represents our emotions. So perhaps if you pull this card, it could be that you are about to embark on a new emotional journey, or maybe you've already started some emotional journey, and Pulling this card is going to remind you that perhaps you need to nurture whatever that is. The ace of wands on the other hand represents fire. So maybe you're going to start a new project or a new passion, something along those lines. So here you can see how the number and the suit are gonna start to create meaning. Next, the number two is all about partnership and love and balance. So you can literally think about two different things. Also, a lot of times the two will represent a choice that you have to make or the duality of something. So for example, let's say you pull the two of swords. Again, swords represents your intellect. So maybe there is a decision weighing on your mind and you might need the balance of your emotions, which is the opposite of your mind to help you with this decision. So this could be one among many explanations, but again, you're going to see how the suit starts to pair with the number to give us more information. Moving on to number three, we have the theme of creation, family, or group dynamics. In numerology, the three has a lot to do with sharing your inner calling and staying in a sense of wonder. So to me, pulling a three would deal with creative projects, group relationships, your community, maybe we need to cooperate with others. And then of course, layering this information with whatever the suit gives inspiration to. Next, fours are all about foundation, stability, and structure, and numerology shares that the energy of practicality and trustworthiness are going to be present. And in tarot, depending on which way your card is flipped, which we're going to get into a little bit later, it could mean that perhaps you need more structure, or perhaps you need to back away and become a little more fluid. Now, fives, I'm not as familiar with in numerology, but I know in tarot, it stands for an imbalance or a change, which for most of us means friction because we do not like change. And of course, we do not like to feel imbalanced. So a lot of people will call fives the challenge card because there is some sort of challenge that's going on in your life. And again, depending on the suit, you will be able to determine what area of your life needs focus. So I've got each of the fives pulled up here, and you can clearly see none of them look warm or inviting. There's either some sort of battle going on, or there's a struggle, or there's a sadness. And if you're going through a challenge or some sort of friction, I would first say, please be gracious and remind yourself that friction helps us grow and expand. It often brings about something better, or maybe something that we may have been asking for. And a lot of times, friction can be produced or stopped due to our perspective of it. So if you pull a five card, I would say you're gonna have to deal with something. So go ahead and pull up those big boy pants and change your perspective because it's probably going to be needed very soon. Moving on to sixes, we have the themes of cooperation, community, and rebuilding. So I always like to think six comes after five. And if five is a challenging time of imbalance, the energy that follows that is energy of healing. But in order to heal, you might have to lean into your community or work to regain your stability. And that is what the six cards are going to offer us. Sevens are very symbolic of possibilities or discoveries. Many times it has to do with assessing or your accomplishments Maybe at times you need to have more patience and trust when progressing towards your accomplishments. So anything with the emotional, mental, physical, or spiritual elements of this theme are going to be present within the sevens. Next are eights, which a lot of times has to do with cycles or patterns. In numerology, this number is all about your drive to achieve, but on a deep, meaningful level. It brings about the power of prosperity with the understanding that sometimes you might have to bounce back from life's challenges, which as we know, we may have just been through. And again, it's always a good reminder that with all these themes I'm going through, there will be a polarity. So if eights incorporate the themes and patterns of motivation and you pull, for example, the eight of swords, it could lean more towards the blockage caused by your patterns or the blockages of you being motivated. And you'll get a good idea of that by looking at the illustration as well. So this one card in particular is the Eight of Swords and it shows a person being blindfolded and tied up and then there's eight swords behind them in the ground. So it is more of a somber picture leading one to believe that maybe they are somehow blocked or stagnant. Nines are representative of the final stage of action or the last bit of reflection that comes before completion. It can tie into any form of idealism or expression. So one might be at the point where they're becoming more awake to the world around them or they have gained a deeper self-knowledge. Perhaps your achievements are close to fruition. So at this stage, I always like to think of it as What remaining energy do you need to reflect on to gain whatever it is you're trying to attract? The last of the number cards is number 10, which opposite of ones shows that you have come to the end of a cycle or the completion of a goal. It's a form of liberation um, or resolution, only then to be recycled back into the numbers once again. So it's somewhat representative of either the ending or the beginning, or sometimes it could be that stagnation in between. So those are the numbers one through 10. Um, And again, when you pair them with a suit, you are going to be able to gain more information. So along with the numbers, of course, we have the court cards, which are the page, knight, queen, and king. And each of the suits has all four of these cards which is going to help pinpoint any kind of elemental energy that is needing attention. And the way court cards work is very similar to our major arcana cards in the sense that they each stand for different character traits. The only difference being, again, those major arcana cards are for extended periods of time or lifelong paths, and then the minor arcana cards are more tied to the day-to-day energies. So the page is where we are going to start because the page is the youngest of the court cards. So pages are often associated with an experience or perhaps maybe one is a student or an apprentice in a certain area. On the lighter side, it can also represent a fresh perspective or it can literally stand for children. So yet another layer of meaning that each of these court cards is going to hold is that it can represent the themes that we're going through or it can stand for a character within your family system. So pages are the youngest. After the page comes the knight, which are fighters of agents and change. They represent action and forward motion, and they are very decisive, but sometimes they're also very rash. And when pairing with a family character, they can represent younger men or women. So I'll sometimes think of people who are just starting to come into adulthood or sometimes teenagers or things like that. Next, we have the queen, which is the matriarch and the caregiver. Queens represent open-mindedness, and they often lean on their intuition when leading or mentoring. They're also symbolic for protection, love, and care. And again, you've got a queen for each one of the suits. All of these court cards you're going to have for each suit. So last, the king represents authority and control. They are, of course, leaders, but opposite from the queens leaning into their intuition, they rely more on the rules and structure. So as the queen represents the feminine energy, the king is going to represent the masculine. So it's basically leading with one's mind and logic versus leading with one's heart and intuition. And that is the difference between the king and queen. So that's the breakdown of the numbers and the court cards and how they can work together with those elements to bring guidance into our day-to-day lives. And while it's on my mind, I also want to bring up the meaning of the cards when they're pulled in reverse. So when pulling tarot cards, a very popular intention is that readers will often abide by the meaning of the card when it's pulled in reverse versus upright. Reverse just means that it's upside down. And when it's upside down, this will often show that whatever the card is representing is either lacking in some way, or maybe that energy is being blocked. And when a card is pulled in upright, it's just a more balanced meaning of what that card represents. Because again, there's always polarity when working with the energies of life. So the orientation of the card as it presents itself is yet another layer of meaning that many readers will use to add depth to their readings. And the best part about working with spirit is As we've touched on before, the ability to create your own language. Remember, spirit works with your guidelines. So if you create your own rules and patterns when working with tarot, stick with that. For example, there are other ways that you can find meaning, especially when pulling cards in reverse. You could have a rule that there is internal energy at play or external energy at play. So for example, if I pull the justice card and let's say it's upright, perhaps there is something in your environment that is causing an imbalance. If it's pulled in reverse, perhaps there is something internally that is causing an imbalance. In addition to internal-external, I could also play with opposite meanings from the illustrations. So kind of similar to the polarity of energy that we just mentioned, you could use this with inverted imagery. Caitlin Keegan is a designer of a really cool line of tarot journals. And she explains in one of her journals how she uses inverted imagery. And the example she uses is with the 10 of swords. So I've got that one pulled out right here for you. And in this card, she explains that the card could be asking, what do I need to accept or what do I need to release? So you can see that there's a man laying down and he's got 10 swords in his back. And it could be that the swords are either puncturing him or the swords are being released from him. So that would be an example of using the imagery invertedly. So play with the meanings and see what works well for you. Or if you don't want any boundaries when pulling reverse cards, then don't use them. I know when I was first starting, I really wanted to keep it simple and I felt too boxed in when pulling cards in reverse. So I just leaned on my intuition. And then once I got more used to it and I became more familiar, I actually liked having more concrete rules that spirit could help me with. Also, I think it's worth mentioning if your intuition is coming in strong with something and it doesn't follow one of your rules, scratch the rule and go with your intuition because that's what tarot is all about. It's about activating your intuition because our intuition is always right. So learning tarot may seem pretty extensive. Yes. And I know that there is a lot to digest. But honestly, once you start working more with the energies that we've spoken about, it's not as much as it appears. If you understand the progression of cards and the four elements, it's really then just relying on your intuition. And as with anything, the more you practice, the better you become. And as you use your cards more, you might develop new connections with different cards. So they might take on slightly different meanings for you. Remember, spirit is present all around us and everything has energy. And spirit uses your language to talk to you. I mean, if you literally wanted to make up your own interpretation for all of these cards, you could do that. You can read Tara that way. I will say, however, with the history of these cards, there is an energy and intention for them that has already been stamped into our energetic field. And by many, this energy is considered sacred. And when you have a lot of collective energy deeming something sacred, that energy intensifies. And it's already present in life's rhythm, or it's already present in life's database. So the sacred meanings of these cards do hold an energy that is already functioning. It's like when we talk about angel numbers, and everyone already knows the meaning of angel numbers. It just makes it easier for spirit to communicate because it's something that's very well known. And why not use an energetic blueprint that is already present? So find what works for you. And for those looking to become tarot readers or deepen your intuition, connect with your deck, connect with your own rules. And the more you use your cards, the more of an imprint they're going to have and the stronger your relationship is going to become. Now, before we head out, I thought it was only fitting to do a quick collective reading. And I've been thinking a lot about this episode. Um, For you guys that follow me on Instagram, you know that I already do weekly readings and I was thinking a weekly reading probably wouldn't do justice to this episode because who knows when it's actually going to air. It probably wouldn't be accurate. So I was thinking I would just pull some cards to give us an inspirational message. And I've already done some background work with this. I've already set out a prayer for an important message to come through for this episode to help anyone listening. So whenever it is that you do listen to this episode, hopefully it will be beneficial and meaningful for you. Now, I am going to quickly shuffle these cards. So give me a minute. And when I do this, I am going to go ahead and pull three cards to give us inspiration and guidance. And I am actually going to put a picture up of this spread for you guys. So whatever I pull, that way you guys will be able to see it. And if what I say does not resonate with you, I challenge you to look at the picture and find out some meaning for yourself, or this would be a great time for you guys to practice everything that we've just talked about and see what really jumps out at you. But of course I am going to start by telling you what comes up for me. And so we have the four of pentacles the seven of wands in reverse and we have the temperance card. Now something that I always like to do a rule that I've made for myself is if I ever pull one of the major arcana cards I always go with that card as the overall message and then I use the surrounding elemental cards to kind of give some more support. So with the temperance card what I sense is that there is some kind of habit that we might need to keep in moderation. Maybe we need to check ourselves on something and really balance ourselves out. The elemental cards that we pulled is again, a four of pentacles, which is all about our environment around us. It's about the physical and it's showing us that perhaps there's something in our foundation that we can strengthen. The seven of wands in reverse is maybe showing that there's a blockage in our motivation, which all completely makes sense. Because if there's a bad habit or something that we're trying to kick, our foundation is obviously not going to be as sturdy as it can be because perhaps our motivation is lacking. So if we can clear that blockage by adding some more motivation into our life, that is going to help strengthen our foundation and therefore help us overcome this habit or this imbalance that we may be feeling. So I would say, moving forward, let's work really hard to make a goal for ourselves to try to kick something that's no longer serving us. So use this moment as a reminder to really kickstart you into that healthy direction. All right. And so there you have it. That has concluded another episode of In a Spiritual Sense. I hope you guys really enjoyed these last two weeks. I know I loved breaking down this stuff for you, and I hope that you use it to inspire those around you. And again, as always, I will see you next week on In a Spiritual Sense. For those looking to connect further, please feel free to send emails to info at inaspiritualsense.com or hit me up on Instagram at spiagno, that is S-P-I-A-G-N-O, where you can find weekly inspiration and updates. I look forward to connecting with you.